Welcome to the Hotter on Top podcast hosted by me, Becca Kavanaugh. This podcast is the place where I share with you the behind the scenes of building an online service-based business without the hustle. I went from working multiple jobs, hustling 12 hours a day, you name it, I have been there, to channeling my genius into a potent business that gives me the freedom and flexibility to work whenever and however the fuck I want. Now I am here to help you sell out your services without losing your sanity or yourself by using belief work and sustainable strategies so you can build a business that supports your dream life. Think of this podcast as your dose of deep business and personal development that will give you the juice and confidence you need to start taking audacious action on your desires right now. So if you're ready to feel hot and on top, then let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am so excited, so humbled, so honored, all the feels to share with you today's episode. Today, I brought on my past client, Emma, and Emma is a certified life coach and hypnotist who is obsessed with helping people be happier being themselves with science, spirituality, and self-help. And after burning out in the nonprofit industry, she's really made the leap to start her own business and hone her skills of supporting and educating others on the connections between personal development, neuroscience, and psychology. And currently, she is getting her master's of neuroscience from Columbia University to really take this all to the next level. And my clients are just so freaking amazing. The impact that she's creating. We spent a lot of time in this episode talking about our time together, the things that she moved through, the impact that she is currently creating with the work that we've done together. And we also talked a lot about the nuances of entrepreneurship. We talked about the nuances of accessibility and affordability and pricing and visibility and, and impact and what that all means as a very like heart-centered, sensitive entrepreneur. And I'm just so excited to share with you today's episode. We touched on so many topics that I don't think have fully gotten their space to shine on the podcast. So if you are just starting your entrepreneur journey, or if you're in the thick of it, or if you are wanting to take a pivot anywhere you are in your entrepreneurship journey, I think that this episode is going to be super freaking valuable. So I would really invite you if you can to listen to this full episode, listen to it multiple times if you really need to, to absorb the information because there's just so much here. We really didn't hold back and I'm just so excited to share this episode with you. So I will quit my ramble and I'll let you get into the episode. All right. I have Emma here. I am so excited to be here with you and we really just get to catch up. I'm so excited for that. Um, and you are just doing such amazing things and we're going to get all into that. But first and foremost, can you give everybody a little bit of insight of who you are and what you do and what's been going on? Yes, of course. Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me, Becca. As always, it's such a joy to reconnect with you. For everyone listening, hello. My name is Emma. Online, my username is Emzel, and some people will call me that instead. Um, but I am a certified hypnotist. I'm a certified life coach, and I really just love helping people be happier being themselves. That is the tagline I have landed on and I freaking love it because that's really the center of my work, helping people on this journey of coming back to their most authentic selves, but also helping people access tangible tools, whether they're in the spirituality realm, the self-help realm, or the psychology and neuroscience space to really help them come back into who they are and who they want to be in this life. So they aren't held back by the shit that happened in childhood or the limiting beliefs that really just have a gorilla grip on their nervous system, right? All these different things. So that's the work I do. I fucking love it. And right now, let's see some personal things. I'm based in North Carolina right now, but I'm moving to New York city in like a week, which is insane. Um, I have a corgi named Pearl who I love with my whole heart. And I really love doing karaoke to various queen songs. So that's a little bit about me. Oh my God. I love all of that. That was such a great description of you, <laughs> but the, uh, 
But also you left out why you're going to Columbia, I believe, or why you're going to New York. And I just gave it away, but go ahead and tell everybody why you're moving to New York. Oh my God. Yeah, that is hilarious. Yeah. So um, I have loved educating people so much on their brains, how their brains work and essentially how to make their brains work better. It's a very like clunky way of saying it. I need a need a rephrase, but I've really loved that educational work so much that I decided to apply to Columbia's neuroscience and education master's program. And about a month ago, I found out that I got in. So the past month has been moving preparations and it's finally happening. So I'm really excited for this next phase to really be able to scale the work that I'm doing and just dive even deeper into all things brain science. So I'm super, super excited. I love how casually you just like said that you were just like, I'm just going to be going to like one of the top tier schools in the country, (laughs) (laughs) but no biggie. (laughs) You know, it is what it is. I'm super excited. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm just really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So what you guys may not know is that Emma and I worked together for actually a little over six months. Um, she extended her program with me for a little bit for a few more months. So I think we ended up working together for about nine months. Um, yeah, nine months. Okay. So I, Emma is great. She does such amazing work. And one of the things that she talked about was that recently, uh, she had reached out to me and told me what, was really impactful about the work that we did together and how it's still carrying on months and months later. Um, Cause now it's been about, oh my goodness, what, eight months since we've last worked together and look at all of the moves and the changes that she's making. It's so exciting to hear just what you've been doing throughout this time, like eight months. I mean, is not that long of time for you to like, oh, by the way, I'm going to college. I'm going to grad school. I am, you just got hired for a new job being a coach. Um, and you're still going to be working with clients. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot has changed. Um, while still, it's always interesting because I think when we look back at life, we're like, we feel like so much has changed, but when we look at the core themes that have been going on, you're like, well, really the things that I'm passionate about and the things that I want to be doing with my time, those haven't necessarily changed. So it's just so interesting, you know, when people talk about things like form versus content, like if you've ever heard those kind of um, metaphors, I feel like the content of what I'm doing and what I'm pursuing is more or less saying the same, but the form through which it's all happening has dramatically changed. And it's just so just so interesting to explore and experiment with those different things in life. Because yeah, it is radically different from where I was. Oh my God, so different from when we left off in our time together. Um, but it's just exciting to know, I, I guess I'm still carrying forward on my dream of, you know, educating a lot of people on the connections between science, self-help and spirituality and eventually like really just building a business that is so abundant and I just fucking love with my whole heart. So yeah, so much changes, but a lot of thematic similarities, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much Um, because it's true. And I think that we can get so hung up around the outcomes of what things are supposed to look like. Right. And it doesn't leave us a whole lot of room to open up to other possibilities. And like how you just explained, it's like, at the end of the day, you're, it's all the same. You're doing the same work. You are pursuing the same dreams, but there may not be in this very niche specific format that you thought that it once was. And so being able to like open yourself up to that is so beautiful and letting it unfold. Right. So I think what you've been able to create since we work together is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm also not surprised. You are so amazing. I'm not surprised at all that you are pursuing this. Um, And I think one of the biggest things I would love to touch on visibility. I think that that was such a big thing that we had worked on um, because you grew when we first started working together, you were at 400 followers on TikTok and then 
I think when we left off, you were around 50K on TikTok, and now you have done even more than that. So tell me a little bit about that visibility stretch that you kind of opened yourself up to, to educating and having this platform where you are helping a lot of people. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is so interesting. I completely forgot about like all of those things that we worked on together because that really is, I think something not that, you know, I don't really love the term, like I've healed this or I've done like, I'm over that, but it's definitely something I've gotten a lot more comfortable with, but yeah, I, you know, to clarify some of what Becca is saying, I originally would do my marketing on Instagram and I just, I'm going to say it. I hate Instagram. (laughs) I hate Instagram for business. So many people do it so well, Becca, you do it so well for me. It just has been soul sucking. And so early on, I was like, you know, I want to play with TikTok and I want to see if getting on here is a way that I feel more comfortable teaching people. I feel more comfortable talking about my offers, this, that, and the other. And long story short, like at first it absolutely wasn't at first the visibility fears, the fears of giving some kind of advice in, you know, a video and then someone saying, oh, well, this actually didn't help me whatsoever at all. Like F you, right? Because people can be very intense on the internet. Um, I definitely, I think my biggest thing with getting visible was like, well, what if I can't help everyone, right? Like, what if I offer this kind of advice or I give this kind of training and someone says, well, this didn't do anything for me. Um, but knowing like it's stuff I've done with my clients or it's something that I've, you know, read about in a freaking Brene Brown book, like knowing that it's coming from a place of authenticity and genuinely knowing it's helpful. I think one part of my fear was, okay, I have to be okay with the fact that like, I can't help everyone right? And I'm basically like not perfect with that. And I think the other thing that kind of goes even deeper with that, and I know Becca, we talked about this a lot. I don't know if at the time I would have connected it into, you know, getting comfortable with visibility, but I know I've been very jaded by the self-help space. Um, I, you know, have grown immensely from it, but there are certain parts of it that I definitely fell into rabbit holes in, you know, I definitely felt like, oh, I have to buy this course and this is going to save me. And it's going to be the thing that makes my life perfect. And I'm going to manifest my soulmate and do all this stuff. And, you know, that's great. But those kind of things often fell flat for me. And a big fear I had was, well, what if I get visible and I leave people jaded like I was from whatever I teach in my courses or in a video or this or that. So I think I had a lot of fear of becoming the, I guess, kind of online gurus that I really didn't resonate with, but invested heavily in. Um, And I think originally staying small, you know, keeping a small following, not really attempting to build my following, doing stuff like that was a way that I could sort of like sabotage, like, I guess, protect myself from that, if that makes sense. Um, But I think it was just a matter of self-trust in one end of like, okay, I trust myself to stay aligned with my values, to market ethically, to not fall into these, you know, over-promising freaking patterns that a lot of people in the self-help and spirituality world do to make a sale um and like I had to work a lot on like being like this is who I am this is how I express myself and I fucking love that and I'm here to do it even if other people don't resonate with it even if it doesn't get the likes even if it doesn't get the following you know whatever it may be so that was a really long way to answer your question but yeah the road to being more comfortable with visibility was definitely a long one That was so, so good. And what I love that you're kind of touching on is that, you know, you had to get this or take on this mindset in order to create powerful content in order to help people massively on your platform. Right. Mm -hmm. And that this was more so a mindset that was potentially keeping you from helping the people that did need your Mm -hmm. help, you know? Um, 
And so now I'm I'm curious because you're talking about that you felt jaded and that you invested a lot of money and time into things that didn't really pan out or that you felt didn't fully deliver. So what really changed from feeling that jaded energy in order to invest in something like one-on-one coaching, how we work together for nine months? Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything necessarily changed rather the idea of growth and transformation was presented to me in a way that I felt comfortable with, not pressured by. So to, I guess, dive a little bit deeper into it. A lot of the spaces where I did feel jaded, where I did, you know, invest a few hundred dollars on a course, or I was in a membership for a long time. A lot of them were related to manifestation. And it's interesting, Becca, because that's part of the reason I ended up working with you, but I'll get back to that in a second. Um, But a lot of them just had these really big promises of like, I'm, you know, make, you know, fucking a hundred thousand in, I don't know, a year, like all these next level things that for a new entrepreneur are like, oh my God, like I can avoid the fear and the pain and the risk of being an entrepreneur by just perfecting this manifestation technique, please give it to me. And so I'd get these really high expectations, but I'd find that their manifestation process just didn't really work for me. It was way too specific. It required too much like just there were processes that didn't work for me and that's okay. I'm a really firm believer in everybody in the, on their inner growth journeys is very much on their own path. And so I realized that the things that left me feeling very jaded were the things that felt like do this exact, you know, super simple, but also 13 step manifestation process or growth process or business building process. It wasn't all manifestation, but when I think about that, those are what come up. Um, Just do this super simple, but also like extremely complex process and your dreams will come true. And I was like, okay, fuck yeah, like let's do it. And when those dreams wouldn't come true, you know, being a perfectionist and being like a hyper analytical overthinker, it would then turn into the negative thought spirals of, well, what did I do wrong? And, you know, I followed all their steps. Like it must be me. Like I failed all that kind of stuff. So flash forward, that had been a lot of my experience with different online coaches, courses, things like that. And when I stumbled upon Becca's work, she presented manifesting in a new way and our work together really wasn't even necessarily focused on manifestation I wouldn't say but I think that's what originally drew me to your online content um and I think you know like you kind of have those days where you just say fuck it I'm gonna take the next step I remember feeling like that when I booked my call with you and then when we had our call together you made it very clear that you weren't here to put me through what worked for you. And you weren't here to put me through your exact process. You were here to support me and hold me in whatever I was going through and help me continue to see my own highest good, even in the difficult moments. And it was very scary to invest in, in working with you. It was my first really big investment one-on-one with a coach. Um, And I felt very scared sending like submitting yes on that contract, but it really ended up working out for the very, very best because you held true to that promise that I definitely got on our sales call that you are going to support me in my journey rather than just be like, I just have been on calls with coaches where you get on and it's like, oh, you're having this problem. I did this six months ago. So just take these exact steps. I'm like, you didn't listen to one thing about what I'm going through right now. And like, I need that personally. So I think it was just getting, getting connected with you and really understanding your process and knowing that you were willing to put my experience first rather than your framework. Um, that made me feel really good coming in and making that big investment and that big leap, even though I was jaded pretty heavily from past experiences. Oh my God. Let me just grab my tissues over here. Just like Oh yeah. <laughs> that is so sweet. Um, and I did not 
you guys, I did not pay Emma to tell me, <laughs> tell you guys this or anything like that. I did not know what she was going to say next. Um, I love, love, love that because that's exactly what I strive for. And this is, this is also the standard that I really like to hold my clients to, right? It's that because I do attract more of those like heart center entrepreneurs, like Emma is definitely one of those. And, you know, we are so focused on, wanting to do the right thing and being the perfect coach and doing all these pieces. And it's so interesting just to share some of, you know, my mindset behind, behind the scenes of all of this is that there were many times where I questioned, like, maybe I need to be more strategy focused. Like maybe I need to be somebody that I'm completely not. And this was a lot of the work that I had to do with my own coach and being like, no, like I just get to be what comes naturally to me. And as you have just outlined for us, that that is exactly, you know, what I was hoping for my clients to get out of this process. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's a really beautiful feedback. Um, so now that we are I love that answer because I think that so many people are afraid to take that next step and they're just not too sure. And I know for me, it was one of those times when I first invested in a one-on-one -on -one coach that I was just like, um, you know, at, at the time it felt like so much money, but then looking back, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it doesn't feel as heavy anymore once you have experienced it. And not saying that that's a universal experience. I know that there's, like you said, plenty of times where, you know, there are people in the industry that don't really have that, whether they have good intentions or not, it just doesn't always translate well. Right. And right. so I think something that was interesting, going back to like the heart center entrepreneur space, we talked a lot about accessibility. And I know that this was something that was weighing pretty heavily on you. Um, and so I would love to hear when it comes to pricing, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with this, especially more heart-centered entrepreneurs, is that we try to do all the right things. And one of all the right things that we convince ourselves is the right thing is to be quote unquote accessible. Now I have a lot of thoughts around accessibility, <laughs> but um, I would love to know a little bit more so about your journey and from our time together, but also the time after our time had ended and what you kind of came to the realization for yourself around um, accessibility when it comes to pricing your services. Yeah, yeah. So when I started my business two years ago, I knew that I wanted one of the core values to be accessibility. And to this day, that has not changed, but my relationship to accessibility has changed, and I think for the better. So I know when we worked together, Becca, that I was really struggling with this idea of raising my prices and, you know, like charging a decent amount for my coaching packages. And one thing I will say, and I think that this is pretty opposite to what a lot of coaches say but I do think it's okay to start out like when you're a new coach, if you don't feel comfortable charging a high amount for your work yet, I think that that's okay. You know, I think a lot of us who enter the coaching space, I know I say this and I feel like it's so corny because I feel like every coach says this, but I'm like, yeah, I've been coaching for two years, but I feel like I've been coaching my whole life. Right. Because it's just, I'm honing skills that I've already been using with my friends and family, like for as long as I can remember. That being said, there is like a growth period of, okay, but how do I actually do this in an hour long session, right? Like, how do I want to structure this for my clients? Like there's still learning that has to happen there. So I just know like as a fresh, fresh, fresh entrepreneur, I don't blame myself in the first, you know, six months for keeping my prices lower because I was new. And I think that that's okay. Like, I think the accessibility conversation just needs to be a little bit more nuanced. I think sometimes it's just raise your prices all the time. And when I was a newer coach, that really overwhelmed me because I didn't feel ready at certain points, but every business coach online is just saying, raise them now. Some are even like, no matter where you're at, double your prices. And even though, you know, maybe my work was worth that much at that time. Absolutely. Like I'm sure there are people who it would have been 
invaluable to receive my work at that time, even when I was a new coach. But I think it's also important to think about, you know, what you as the coach, you know, what your nervous system feels like it can handle. Because if you feel like you're bullshitting someone with your prices, that's going to come through and that's not going to feel good. Like that is where business starts to feel a little bit grimy. So that's just one place I like to say that nuance of like, if you're not ready to raise your prices, that that can be okay. And it's also a good opportunity to start considering, you know, what is your mindset around money, around abundance, around charging people for your services? And where does that need to shift? Because I know at the outset, there's an essence of like what I was just saying of like, okay, I'm newer. Like I'm not going to, you know, charge premium prices yet, maybe. And at the same time, that might be coming from the guilt of like, oh, if I'm helping people, then I feel bad charging people for that, right? Like if I want to be of service to others, then I feel guilty if I'm asking people to pay me money for that, Um, which I feel like that in our work together, Becca, was something that I definitely was able to move through um, and just realize like, okay, like this is one of my gifts. And in order for me to sustain that, I do need to charge people for what I do. And it sounds so basic, but I really think like when you're early on in your journey, that can be a big one. And I guess to flash forward to where I'm at now, you know, I've really like had a roller coaster journey with my pricing. And I honestly feel bad for my audience because I'm like, they must be like, what the hell is this girl doing? She dropped her prices last month and now they're back up. Like what's going on? Um, but I think pricing is very, very personal. Um, and I think that that's okay. I think it took me a really long time to feel comfortable with the fact that my work doesn't have to be accessible to everyone. Right. Like I said, I started my business being like, no, I, I'm going to be like the people's champion, everyone will be able to afford my work, blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is like affordability is relative for one. Two, affordability and accessibility is based on what people want to invest. And with that, there's also the very real notion that I do think is often bypassed in a lot of business coaching spaces of, yes, affordability is relative and there are people who just genuinely cannot afford your work. And that's okay. Right. But we don't need to like, I don't know, like say things like people are just choosing not to afford your work. Like, no, some people make not a lot per year and genuinely like it would not be a wise decision for them to do their work, but that's their choice. Right. That's not you as the coach for you to investigate and understand. So anyways, I feel like this is becoming a very long winded answer. So Rebecca, if there's anything, and I'm sorry, I called you Rebecca instead of Rebecca, (laughs) because I'm looking at your like name on the zoom. Like I'm just staring at it while I talk. So Becca, if there's anything in there, you want me to touch on more specifically? No, I, I love all this. I think that this is exactly okay. So this is like, I'm going to try not to go on a rant about this, but this is exactly what I have been mulling over the past few months here. And the piece around um, not stretching out your nervous system as a new entrepreneur, I think that it's when it comes to pricing, I think that it's so valuable to just gain that experience, even if you are doing it for free or if you're doing it for cheaper than you would like, you know, because at that point, that's going to build belief. You're going to get that experience and you're going to take your client's experience and results. You're just going to gain more and more information. And then you're going to be able to put that forward. Right. And when it comes to like raising prices, something that I've come to realize with my coaches and everybody like that, like they talk about if you're having mind drama about raising your prices, then you're not ready. And that's okay. You know, Mm, like if, if you're really fighting yourself and like trying to convince yourself about it, it's like, maybe you're just not ready. And that's okay. Because it should feel like to some extent, like a no brainer, you know, and I say to some extent, because of the nuances that you put in here, which was about, you know, like if you're feeling guilty or if any of those things, like obviously that's never going to fully feel like a hundred percent no brainer if you're never used to that or if you're scared, right? Um, Another piece that I see a lot of my clients go through is that they're scared because they don't have the evidence that people are willing to pay their next price. You know what I'm saying? So like Mm -hmm. 
all of those pieces, like that's not necessarily in the category of like having mind drama. That's like, okay, you can mindset your way out of that. Most likely, you know, you can hold that. But if you're like continuing to fight yourself, it's like, maybe let's just like not use all of your energy for this. And let's let's just go with a price point that feels good, you know? And I think, and I love how you kind of separated the two between like affordability and accessibility, because this is also another conversation of, you know, just because let's say if you have like a $5 membership, sure, many people can afford that, but do they have access to the things that they need to access that membership? Do they have access to a phone or a computer or internet or any of those pieces to get that it's not just the price point and now we can argue that most people do have access to those things um but you know those are things that you have to think about and really at the end of the day even when you're doing something for free like for example one of the ways that I'm I try to be as accessible as possible is by making this podcast the best it can be and I do this completely for free right and at the same time it's still not completely accessible because not everybody has a phone or can get to podcasts or any of those pieces right so Mm -hmm. so even though there is no price involved there is still an accessibility thing that we have to look at so if we're continuing to argue with ourselves like oh I'm trying to be accessible I'm going to be success accessible from this place of like almost like martyrdom, like, you know, you're, oh, yeah. you know? like, right. And you're like, oh, I'm the coach. Nobody can argue against me. I think that that is a very unclean place to come from when it comes to the energy around pricing and accessibility. It's like, oh, nobody can argue with me that my prices are too much. If it's $5, it's like, well, no, mm-hmm. you're not safe from that. Somebody can still get some beef with you. And <laughs> And that's just the way it is, you know? And so, and like you had talked about with like online and people, like you're giving out free value on your platform that is super accessible. It's bite-sized. And people still were like, "Mm." (laughs) oh yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, but as we've been talking about it, like the pieces are falling together for me that yes, it's about accessibility, but I think if you have any people-pleasing tendencies or feeling like you have to be liked by everybody, which honestly, if you end up doing any kind of work helping other people, which is amazing and I love doing it, chances are you might have some of that, right? Like, especially people who grew up socialized as women, like most of us are socialized as people-pleasers nine times out of 10, right? So I think that affordability and accessibility and having low prices, you know, once you do feel confident in your work, continuing to keep low prices, if you feel like you should be raising them, you want to raise them rather, I think it can kind of be an offshoot of that idea of like, well, everybody has to like me. Everybody has to like my work. And if I have higher prices, then well, what if people don't like me for that? Um, So there is that genuine desire of like, I want to help other, I want to be able to help more people. Yes. There's also the shadow side of that, of I want everyone to like me because I am this martyr and I am trying to help everyone. I'm trying to save everyone and do the most that I can. When in reality, like I lowered my prices a few months ago to the lowest they have ever been for my ongoing program. And in my head, I was like, these prices are so low. Because my ongoing feedback from potential clients was, I just can't afford this right now, right? And I'd be like, okay, then it's a pricing issue. So I lowered them um, and I had a few calls with leads and same feedback, prices are too high. And I was like, okay, what? (laughs) It's like, no way. And it made me realize I actually had a conversation with a mentor who does not do anything in the online coaching space. And I told her about that. I was like, everyone's feedback has been that the prices are too high. And she was like, well, like how, what are your prices like compared to your competition? Or like, you know, are your clients typically having worked with a lot of other clients? Like, are they basically, are your leads talking to a lot of coaches? Right. And then trying to decide. And I was like, no, normally I'm like the first coach they talk to. And from there she was like, well, is it really like a pricing issue then? Um, And that just kind of got me thinking. And I was like, you know what? It, I don't really think for some people, yes, again, like it is genuinely, I'm not ready 
to afford this. Like I recently did a business five-day challenge and at the end they were like, okay, now opt into our $25,000 a month program. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I was like, I can't afford that. I won't afford that. But I think no even $2,500, I, just... I would hope <laughs> you said $25,000 a month. No, it was $25,000 a month. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was like wow. one of those masterminds. And I was oh, like, okay. rock and roll, you do you, but this is something, there's no mindset work that needs to be done. I can't afford that. And that is okay. Right. Right. So, and you can't mindset your way out of no, shit like, like that. Like you're not meant to I, mindset. I'm not there and that's okay. And I have no shame around not being there. Um, so yeah, so it just basically made me realize, you know, maybe keeping my prices low isn't actually the thing keeping from people working with me. Maybe it's just that the kinds of people I'm targeting right now aren't really ready for this kind of work, aren't really ready to make this kind of investment. And so that had me shifting a lot about my ideal client, about how I do my marketing and ultimately who I target working with. Um, so sometimes it is, you think it's accessibility, like, oh, I'm not being accessible enough, but you realize maybe I'm just not really working with or targeting people who are really ready to invest in this kind of work because part of the work, and it's so corny and I used to hate reading this, but I, I do think to an extent it's true. Like part of the work is kind of the investment, you know, is investing that time, that energy and that money to your own growth. Um, and I think it's something you only really understand once you've experienced it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to stop there. But yeah. Perfect. I, yes, I, there was so much that came out of that I have two really big points going back to like the people pleasing that you talked about, I think is a really important piece. And I want to say that like, even when you have signed, you know, higher priced clientele that will still be carried. It's not just about the pricing because you're also worried. This is the other shadow side of this when, because People pleasing is very prominent, something I work on as well. And when you are afraid to rock the boat with your clients, then you are not helping them. This is something that I have really come to terms with is like, you cannot be so afraid of harm that you don't help, you know, mm -hmm. because yeah. you cannot always be your client's best BFF cheerleader that just tells them whatever they want to hear. My clients come to me for a transformation. And that means sometimes having to reflect back to them really tough things, you know, and, and if I can't shy away as the coach, because that's not what they're paying me for. They're not paying me to be their best friend. They're paying for a transformation. So that people-pleasing is not just in your pricing. It's in a lot of different areas of being a business owner. And it comes also when you have boundaries that you have to communicate with your clients on. You know, it's when it's all of these different pieces. And if you're afraid to like almost even tap into the people-pleasing of your pricing, then girl, I got, <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> it's not going to go oh, away. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to go away. Um, so that was something that kind of came up as you were talking around the people pleasing and the pricing of the ups and the downs. So, you know, not to coach Emma right now, but this is something I see as a business coach is that usually very rarely when somebody knows your price already, which I know Emma, because this is something I coached her on as well. I know she's transparent about her pricing. I know that she has it out there. When people already know your price before they even get on the call, it is very rarely about the price objection, you know, because they already know. Why would they invest the time to get on the call? Usually there's something else going on that wasn't uncovered in the call. So this is something to also look at, you know, for everybody listening is that asking those deeper questions. And again, going back to what I just said before, you can't be afraid to rock the boat. You can't be afraid to jeopardize, you know, asking those like tough questions. And I'm not saying to like cause harm, to just cause harm and be a dick, but <laughs> you know, like when you need to know specific information to get to a root problem, you cannot be afraid to ask those questions because I guarantee you that is what is actually going on. And a lot of the times we all do this as humans is that we, the pricing is the easiest scapegoat because we don't believe that there's anything to really argue with it. Because sometimes just as Emma outlined, sometimes there's nothing to argue about. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to 
spend 25 grand a month. <laughs> That's there's nothing to argue about there, right? But when it comes to somebody that already knows the investment, that already invested the time to get on the call, that already, you know, is going through the call with you and that at the very end, it's that same pricing objection. There's something deeper going on that we have to get curious about and start to look at. So that is what I would suggest with um, anybody that's struggling with this. Again, if you're transparent about your pricing, it's very rarely a pricing issue if they're on the call with you, right? Um, so yeah, do you have anything to add with that, Emma? No. Yeah. I would just really validate what you were saying because that's kind of what I found. I always just thought it was a pricing thing, but it wasn't until I dropped my prices truly to the floor. And I was like, okay, everybody has this amount of money extra per month. Not everybody, but I was like the people in my general target demographic. Right. And um, yeah, I found out that that wasn't the case. And I was like, you know what? I think there's something deeper going on here. I think all of my targeting has kind of been to the wrong, you know, to people who aren't quite ready for this kind of work yet. And I've just let myself think that it was a pricing issue because that was where I got to live in those limiting beliefs of, I have to keep my prices low to be a good person. <laughs> like I have to, you know, only charge X amount and then, you know, I'm being the most of service to others. When in reality, I can give my clients a much better experience when I'm not burnt out, when I'm not resentful, when I'm not feeling like, why are they messaging me so much if, you know, they didn't opt for the boxer option, you know, like the potential to be quote of service, to be helpful expands for me personally when I do charge more, because I know I have a greater capacity to serve when I'm not scraping by at the bottom of the bucket in terms of like my finances at the end of the month. So it's a hard thing. And I think in terms of accessibility and finances, I really encourage everyone to be on their own journey. Like I just always felt so much pressure to raise my prices. And I have in the end of, at the end of the road, right? Like I did a few weeks ago and I feel really good about it, but I will say like, whenever I've raised them in the past, it felt like I had to, cause people were telling me to. And like you were saying earlier, Becca, like anytime you're trying to convince yourself to do something, it probably isn't a good fit. Like there probably is some stuff you have to work out before doing it. So even though we're talking all this about raising prices, I also think having the freedom to take your time with it can be really refreshing because all of the noise online is raise your prices now, double your prices now. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I'm not ready. So take your time with it. Um, and know that like, it'll, it'll work itself out and that your shit is amazing and you should charge for it. So it's a convoluted topic and I'm glad that we got to talk about the nuances of it because I don't see people ever talking about the nuances of it online. Oh yeah. You know, I have so much to say about the online world and being a brick and mortar business owner and also being an online business owner. It's very two different mindsets, very two different realms, even though you're still a business owner, it's absolutely different. And something that I have a lot of beef with right now with the online space, because it's really, you know, it's infiltrating my clients' mindsets. And I'm like, okay, bring it back. Let's, let's reel it in here, um, is the mindsets of how quickly everything should go as an online business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so great because on one end, it's like, yes, absolutely. We can make six figures online. We can, do these massive launches. We can, you know, whatever condensed time or whatever the like manifestation. Quantum leap it. Yes. Quantum yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, you know, we can like quantum leap our launches and all that stuff. And like that's so cool and amazing. And like, yes, more women fucking getting paid for their gifts, getting paid for their emotional labor. I'm fucking here for it. Do not get me wrong. It's when we start to shame ourselves for not being there yet, for not being where we think that we're supposed to be because the online world said that it's got to be this time frame. And mm -hmm. when it's this time frame, if we don't hit that marker, then we're fucking doomed Then it didn't work out. And we need to just, you know, forget about it. And it's like, that's not a business. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. a business is a lifelong career. And I think that that's something that I really work with my clients on is because the online space is so 
oversaturated with this voice of like, they have to be doing more. They have to be pulling these numbers. They have to be, you know, talking about it online and it's so easy and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, how, how can we just like measure our success by like how much we give a fuck about this industry and how much we give a fuck about our clients and our results and that it doesn't matter how we get there or when we get there, as long as we're doing it in integrity to ourselves and the work that we're providing. And I think this comes back to the mindset that we think that coaching isn't a legitimate career when it absolutely is. It's a legitimate career that you can do for a lifetime. Um, the internet is not going away. <laughs> it's still going to be here. You're still going to have access to these things. And I think that this work is just so beautiful. And we often, I think that we discount the magic of the work that we do and the impact that we have by putting these like arbitrary timelines on it. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree. And I know that we worked on that kind of stuff a lot. Um, that's where a lot of my shame as a new entrepreneur was, was because, you know, you see all these people who are like, yeah, I made a hundred K in my first six months of business. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's really cool. That cool. <laughs> but also like, especially after being, uh, you know, being in the business world for a while, I'm like, I wouldn't have wanted to be coached by someone like that. And this is no hate to people who their businesses took off. That's incredible. That's a great example for us to have in the world. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. But I also like, I think one thing I really appreciated from our work together, Becca was like, I could be like, Oh my God, I've only made this amount of money. I feel so much shame. And you're like, yeah, I've been there. Like it fucking sucks, but you're not you know, there's nothing wrong with you for that. Online business is just hard, especially in the early years. So I think anywhere we can normalize that is really, really nice, even though it kind of takes down the smoke and mirrors of like, I'm a coach and I love what I do. And my life is so abundant. Like these just visages that people create online that we all feel kind of pressured to create, especially as coaches and people who are helping people you know, build their dream lives, do all this incredible stuff. I know I felt a lot of pressure to be perfect, to be making all the money, to be doing all the things in my own life. And I'm like, that's not real. Like what I'm doing here is being human and helping other people feel more comfortable with the fact that they are human and equipping them with tools to make that journey easier. I'm not here to be perfect and teach other people how to be perfect because that's a lie. And yeah, that might make me money. It makes a lot of people money, but I'm not in the business of selling false promises so exactly I think letting go of the timelines can be so beautiful um and yeah like you mentioned in the beginning like I am going to Columbia I'm so fucking excited and I was like New York is gonna be way more expensive than Raleigh North Carolina um I was like I want to get something part-time that's more stable you know as much as I love working with my clients keeping a full client roster, especially when my expenses are going to be jumping by two to $3,000 a month. I'm like, I think right now it makes more sense for me to reroute my skills in a place where it's more stable. And I'm still doing my work. I'm still working with my clients. I'm still doing that one or two days a week, but I think it's okay. And I think we need to take the shame out of that because I know earlier on, I thought that was the definition of failure. And I'm like, no, like I'm still fulfilling my mission. I'm still building my skills massively. I can't wait to work with this coach part-time. Um, but I also need to put my needs first and I need to be okay with that rather than letting the perfectionism in these old, you know, hardwired neural pathways of just having to be the best and having to be perfect and having to make the most money of everyone I know. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not happening. So how can I build my own version of abundance in my life in a way that still feels freeing in a way that uses my skills and helps me do what I want to do, but maybe gives me more of that practical stability for this chapter. So yeah, that was a tangent, but it's so interesting. <laughs> Online no, coaching yeah. is just so interesting. Yeah. I love that. And I think that I think we often forget too, because again, the online space is just very like more, more, more um, mm -hmm. mentality. And I think we often forget that like when we first started to pursue coaching or start a business, like, did you ever think that somebody was going to be paying you 
hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars for your mind. For, yeah, for your, I know. Yeah. For like your emotional labor and your skill set, you know? And I think that we just discount that so much. We discount the work that we're doing because of that and because of the online messaging. And now I'm in the space of like, how can we have both? How can you still, you know, work a nine to five or work a side job or go to back to school or, you know, do any of those pieces and still have a successful coaching business. Um, I am in a coaching program right now um, by DL Sharon, who I absolutely am obsessed with and I love, and she's my coach now. And I think forever will be. (laughs) And, and, um, and she, talks, she has a full community of women who are nine to five employees, as well as running coaching businesses. And I think opening up my mind to seeing how people are doing it and understanding that coaching doesn't have to take a lot, you know, it doesn't have to take a lot of our time and that there is a lot of space that comes along with it. And so much so that people do decide to like have a side job or to pursue something else on the side or go back to school or any of those pieces. And instead of seeing that as a failure, seeing that as like, isn't it fucking cool that I still get to make thousands every month doing coaching and working like maybe 10 hours a week. And I have so much space to do other things with that time. Yeah. 1000%, 1000%. And I think a lot of people, well, I don't know. I I know I work with a lot of people like this, but I do think a lot of people that come into entrepreneurship tended to be high achievers or just have really high expectations for themselves. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, this conversation about, oh my God, like they made a hundred K in six months. I have to make a hundred K in six months or, The question of would getting a part-time job help me mentally because my finances would be more stable? The answer is often yes, but the second part of that answer is yes, but that makes me a failure, right? So we really need to like get in deep and decondition these old limiting beliefs that a lot of us picked up if, you know, we had parents who had these really, really high expectations of us to be you know, the best kid on the block and have the highest grades or be the most involved or be doing the most, right? Or if, you know, we're huge perfectionists and we like everything in our life to just be that next step on the ladder of success and business becomes one of those, we have to be willing to let go again of those timelines and a lot of that control, create new beliefs for ourselves and new ways to fulfill our goals that can fill our needs of helping others and of, you know, creating financial stability and abundance long-term. And I think the more we can become okay and become flexible with what that looks like, again, you know, the content and form kind of question, um, I think the more free we let ourselves be and the more we're actually able to give our magic and our gifts to the world. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. Love that so, so much. So right now you are, are you helping this other business owners as well? Um, You are talking about neuroscience and self-sabotage. So can you tell us a little bit about what that work looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So it's so funny you bring this up because we talked about when I kind of blew up on TikTok and that was because I have always been like a nerd. Okay. I've always loved, I'm a self-proclaimed nerd. Okay. Lord of the Rings is my favorite book series and my, oh my God, wait, Becca, this is so funny. (laughs) My birthday is tomorrow, actually fun fact. Um, hashtag Leo season. And yes, yes, yes. I like my plans with my friends didn't work out for my actual birthday. So instead with my family, I'm like, all I want to do is watch the last Lord of the Rings movie after we get like Italian for dinner. So that is how I am spending my birthday evening. I can't wait. Um, I just love the rings. Anyway, that for you. So 
my like leisurely reading is often about things having to do with neuroscience, having to do with, you know, how meditation is so fucking helpful for us in every way. The research behind hypnosis, which if you didn't know, there is so much research behind hypnosis and how it's helpful for people and their anxiety with their self-esteem. So much stuff I could go on for days. But nonetheless, when I blew up on TikTok, it was when I learned about this concept called emotional addiction. And it's essentially this process where our brain and our body become physiologically addicted to feeling the same emotions over and over again. And these emotions are normally connected to childhood trauma or emotionally intense experiences that have been reinforced over time. It's literally so crazy because you, when we think about self-sabotage, we think of it as like a willpower issue, a discipline issue, you know, all these things like just try harder, you know, do it for five minutes and then see if it sticks, which that's advice I give often and it works for me. But nonetheless, we're very focused on discipline, willpower, just doing it. Hashtag Nike. Um, however, this whole concept, I just like want to stop you for a second because Emma is hilarious. You guys. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Like I'm over here laughing. I have myself on mute while she's talking, but like, I'm over here laughing my ass off. Like every, (laughs) (laughs) um, and her TikToks are just as hilarious. Okay. Anyway, go, go on. Oh my God. Thank you. Yeah. I know Becca with you. I talked about my like dream, my, my other dream of being a comedian. I'm so happy that I've put that to rest because I do not have the nervous system to be a comedian. I'd have a panic attack every time I got on stage, but besides the point, um, yeah, it's this whole process where like, actually our body gets this physiological addiction to peptides, which are the chemical messengers of emotion in our body. The cells in our body get addicted to these peptides connected to whatever emotions we're always feeling. So like as a kid, I know I felt a lot of shame, sorrow, and anger. And as an adult, I've noticed, and Becca, our work together helped me notice these patterns that I was always falling into these feelings of defeat, of shame, of anger with myself for not making, you know, 10 bajillion dollars in three months. And I started realizing like, wait, this is actually really connected to how I felt as a kid um, due to just some of the experiences I had. And when I learned about this concept of emotional addiction, basically it was saying, yeah, you feel like that all the time. That has become your body's default mode essentially because of this whole peptide receptor network in your body. So back to the main story, I read about this. I was in love with it. And I started teaching about it in this really long series on TikTok that ended up blowing up because everyone was kind of like me. And they're like, wait, what? (laughs) This is all happening in my body. And that for me was really the first point where I was like, I fucking love teaching people about how their brains and their bodies work. Um, It just was such a high and like, sure, the validation piece was nice. Seeing my TikTok grow was nice, but I realized how much I loved synthesizing complex information. Like I just hate, and I'm not going to name names, but there's one very famous podcast with a Stanford professor and a lot of people love it. And I love science, but when I listen to it, I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep. You are using so much jargon. This is so hard to listen to. I am well-versed in neuroscience and you like the way you're talking about this just is not clicking in my brain. So I really love taking these complex topics in neuroscience, in psychology, on emotional addiction, self-sabotage, attachment theory, nervous system regulation, whatever it is, and distilling it down into understandable and entertaining educational forms for people. So whether that's TikToks, whether it's a webinar, et cetera, et cetera. So it is just the joy I have found. It's really like how I can best quote unquote, follow my joy. Um, And so now in my business, what I've shifted to doing is doing workshops for different business coaches, healers, anyone in this online space, especially if they have group programs or resource portals for their one-on-one clients so that their one-on-one clients get all this incredible magic and growth from the work that the coach, the online service provider, whoever is providing them. And they get some neuroscience sprinkles on top of like, Hey, here's this mindset work we're already doing. And here's some of what's happening in your body when 
you have a really crusty limiting belief that just won't let go, or when your nervous system is really dysregulated, or when you keep falling into the same patterns, here's what emotional addiction looks like. Here's how it works. And here are the solutions you can use to help you move through any of these issues. So I'm really excited about this. I've done a lot of workshops with um, groups, like support groups for cancer survivors, for my TikTok audience, for people in my membership program. And so I'm super excited to now be transitioning into supporting people's group programs, their memberships, and just adding some of that neuroscience spin to the magic that they already provide. So it's so much fun. I just, I love teaching people on this stuff. I love this. And I also just really want to celebrate you, Emma, because I can just tell how your work has evolved and how you're showing up so differently. And I mean, it's absolutely just amazing the impact that you have. And I know that that was something that we talked a lot, a lot about, which was impact and how to create more of it. And you are doing it. And I don't know if you've really taken a step back to really digest that (laughs) and really let yourself um, realize how much impact that you do have even on your TikTok, but you're telling me that you are doing these classes for cancer survivors and all these pieces. I mean, that's just beautiful, beautiful work, Emma. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's really been a joy and yeah, no, I appreciate that. Stepping back and looking at it is always helpful because, you know, you get so caught up in the day to day and you're just like, oh wait, like, but I am fulfilling, you know, the mission that I started off with to, help people be happier being themselves, right? Like to use my little tagline, like it is really gratifying and humbling to see that. Um, But I think a lot of, you know, being able to appreciate that comes down to a lot of the work that they've done together. A lot of the, a lot of the work that we've done together. I mean, um, the work I've had to do on my own journey of just letting myself accept the good that comes into my life rather than fixating on the bad and yeah, just accepting that entrepreneurship is a fucking crazy ride. It is so hard. Um, Normalize entrepreneurship being hard, that's simply put. Um, But it's also so worthwhile and so beautiful. And having someone who can support you on that journey can really make such a world of difference, especially when you're starting out. Yes, so, so true. And yeah, I think that that's one of my biggest beliefs is that, you know, Things can be hard, but this is the hard that I'm choosing. This is the hard mm-hmm. that I, oh God, yes, yeah, that I believe in, and that is worth it to me. You know, because um, it can still be hard, but it's it's still worth it. You know, I think of like, I mean, I don't have kids, but you know, I kind of think of it like having kids. It's like it's super hard. I mean, that's just such hard. But like, if you chose to have a child and you want to have that child, I mean then it's, it's worth it, you know, and um, it's worth those hard moments. And this is like the hard that you chose in some sense, you know? Um, so yeah, I love all of this. So tell us how people can work with you. Tell us what you got going on um, and how people can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in terms of connection, I'm most active on my TikTok and my handle is Mzel and that's with three L's. Someone took the one with two and I tried to message them and they did not reply. Um, So E-M-Z-E-L-L-L. Um, you can also DM me on Instagram. I lurk pretty hard on Instagram, but I stopped posting on it because as I mentioned earlier, I just have a ton of vitriol towards Instagram apparently. Um. So TikTok, Instagram, DM, I think I gave you uh, my email as well. That's hello at authenticityremastered.com. Please just feel free to reach out, feel free to connect and say hello. I always love just chatting and connecting with new people, new entrepreneurs. And you know what I'm currently working with right now, I have my membership program called The Kit, which gives you access to 40 hypnosis recordings and just so many fun self-help courses on topics like confidence, stress management, self-love, astrology, the works. Um, And to circle back to our uh, conversation about accessibility, the membership is relatively affordable. I mean, it's 30 bucks a month and that's how I've been able to feed my need to be accessible for others. So anywho, there's that. I also have my one-on-one work. My one-on-one program is called Remaster Your Authenticity and it's very much focused on people who have been pretty knee deep in self-help for a while and are looking for a more in-depth 
form of support rather than just dabbling here and there and Reiki, breath work, yoga, but really nesting into something and with someone who's willing to support them on their journey in a very tailored one-on-one kind of way. Um, The last one I touched on a little bit earlier that I'm really excited about is adding these neuroscience workshops, webinars, educational seminars for different entrepreneurs in the online space and to the work that they're already doing. So I'm teaching these webinars on emotional addiction that I talked about a little bit earlier. That's the neuroscience of self-sabotage on nervous system regulation, on chakra healing and the endocrine system, on so many things between these overlaps of neuroscience, psychology, self-help, spirituality. They're very tailored to each entrepreneur and what their audience is facing, what their clients are facing. And I just, it's been so fun to start crafting these for different entrepreneurs. And yeah, I know um, I have a little form you can fill out if you're curious, we can set up a free call to talk about it. I know Becca, I gave you that link for the pod notes, but that's really what's going on. Um, Otherwise I'm starting grad school apparently in like three weeks, which I'm still coming to terms with, but yeah, that's me. That's where I'm at right now. So, so beautiful. And yes, like Emma said, I have all the links down in the show notes for you guys. So you can go check those out and connect with her and please do at least give her a follow on TikTok. I mean, she's hilarious and she also teaches you how to stop the self-sabotage and to better your life. And like, who wouldn't want those two things? <laughs> um, so thank you so much, Emma. We talked about so much today. I'm so excited to share this podcast. And if you guys like this, please, please share it. Please let Emma and I know, connect with us, tell us um, what you got out of the podcast. And yeah, just thank you so much, Emma, for coming on the podcast, being so open and vulnerable to really share your story, share the work that we did together, share what you're doing now. Um, And this podcast alone, I think is going to help a lot of people that are struggling with some of the same themes that you were struggling with. And I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to come on today and really give your time and energy to this. So thank you so much for being here. Of course, Becca. Thank you for having me. It was such a ball. Um, it was so much fun. And yeah, thank you. If you are serious about making more money in your business without the hustle, then you better get on my email list. Sign up now with the link in the show notes to receive two exclusive trainings on client attraction that will help you sign your dreamiest clients fast. If you're ready to go to the next level, you can learn how to work with me by going to my website, www.beccajoecavanaugh.com. Thank you so much for listening and we will chat next week.